I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty is a Bitch. And today... I'm having Kim Schlag back on. This is what, our third podcast? No, this will be our third podcast together. Is it? Amazing. Yes, it I is. feel honored. I think you interviewed me for one, though. I did. Yes, I interviewed yes, you, right. then you interviewed me on my podcast, and now, now we're going to have a discussion. So just to give you all a refresher, Kim is a personal trainer and nutrition coach who came to fitness later in life. She spent the better part of two decades yo-yo dieting, like the rest of us, ending up obese and utterly confused. In her early 40s, she finally discovered that the secret hack she'd been looking for all those years really wasn't so secret after all. So she totally transformed her body and mind through proper nutrition and strength training and now helps women all over the world get strong, lose weight, and heal their relationship with food and their bodies. Me being one of those women. Yes. Um, yes. Um, I've been working with you since uh, April. Yes, yeah, since the spring, the first round of the menopause weight loss course. Yeah, I'm an OG. I'm an OG. You know it. Okay, so we're going to get right into this. And our topic today is going to be how to survive the holidays with your scale intact. This is very timely. Uh, I know it's a concern for many of us, especially um, once we've like lost some weight. The holidays always seem to throw a curveball. And um, let's just get right into it because, you know, it. it's so easy to go off the rails uh, during the holidays and just say, and I've been here before, like, oh, screw it. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a fat loser and I might as well just, hey, come on. Nobody, nobody say that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the mean girl internal. I know. Right. Head, right. And I then I'll say like, voice. I might as well be a total pig because I've blown it. And so I want to turn that voice off in my head and I want to help other women turn it off in their head as well and still enjoy the holidays, like yes. without gaining weight, hating ourselves and and, you know, still enjoying some food, some drinks, whatever. So let's get yeah. it. What do you think? Yeah. So, you know, Lauren, I think the best place to start is what you were talking about there. Um, it really, the most important piece of it, if you guys listen to nothing else, I say, I really want you to hear this part. The most important thing is your mindset, your approach to this mentally. Right. So if you go into this season of the year, or really any time, thinking, I either have to do this perfectly or I'm a failure. You're going to be a failure. You're going, you're going to do what you've always done. Because what Lauren just described is so common. It's what everybody does. They start and maybe they have great intentions or like this year it's going to be different. But then, you know, Thanksgiving comes or maybe you're cool through Thanksgiving. Maybe it's the first week of December. At some point you overeat, you overdrink. And then what happens? Ah, screw it. Yeah. And in reality, if what you did was just be, calm about that and be like, all right, well, that's what I did. And one day that's not going to make or break my weight. It's not going to make or break who I am. It's not going to make or break like what I've already accomplished moving on. Right. If you could do that, it would have zero impact. The impact comes when now you're just like, well, I'm a screw up. 
I, I can't do this. And then you go and you spend three more weeks doing what you did that one night. So that's my number one piece of advice. Don't let an episode of overeating or over drinking define what you do the rest of the season. Okay. Yes. That's the mental, that's the conversations that we have inside our own head. Cause like, we would never say that to someone else. Like, what are you doing? Never. You know, but that's like, think about your best friend. Your best friend comes up to you and is like, crap, I drank so much last night and I ate so much. Like, ah, I'm such a failure. I'm making cookies. I'm going to eat them all. Like we would be like, all right, well, you, you can still make cookies, but do you need to eat them all? And it's no big deal. It's fine. Yeah. What do you eat today? Like make your regular lunch, right? Like we'd be calm about it. But with ourselves, we just beat ourselves up so much. And if we can switch to that, switch that mean girl voice off and start talking to ourselves like we would talk to our best friend, wow, we'd be in such a better place. So be your own best friend. Okay. Be your own best friend. All right. So let's, let's get into um, the meat of it and talk about what are some tricks and tips for managing and, you know, or handling a cocktail party, you know, like past hors d'oeuvres, open bar, uh, you know, there might be whatever, um, food stations. What are some tips and tricks you want, you can share with us? Okay. So the first thing I would say is make a decision about what you would like the outcome to be, both of the season as a whole and of the individual event. So this is a good time to decide, do I want these next six weeks to continue to be a fat loss phase if that's what you've been doing? Do I want these next six weeks to be a maintenance phase? A lot of people have never practiced being at maintenance. Like you might enjoy the holidays more and hey, making it through the holidays without gaining weight is a huge win. So maybe this is the time to move to maintenance calories, right? So decide what you're going to do. In either of those cases, when you head to an event, keep that goal in mind. My goal is to maintain my weight this holiday season. My goal is to lose weight and think like, all right, so I'm going to this cocktail party. How would I like it to go? In reality, if you're only going to one cocktail party this season, you could do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, however it is, and it's going to be fine. If you're going to a lot you and you would like to keep your calories to a certain amount, you're going to need a plan going into that. Like, what right. is my plan? Come right. up with a plan. You don't need to be super rigid about the plan, but come up with one. Some of the best parts of a plan could be come up with a plan for how many drinks you're going to have like drinks with calories. One guidance I like to give my clients is to start with a big glass of sparkling water, something non-calorie. You want to have to be a diet Coke, whatever it is. So start the evening off with a zero calorie drink and then decide how ahead of time, how many drinks you're going to have and then go for in between each drink with calories, have one full drink that has zero calories. So if you want to start off with a sparkling water, whatever it is, then you can have your alcoholic beverage, then back to a sparkling water. You see how you're pacing yourself through the evening right now. That can be a really great strategy for keeping those calories low with the drinking piece. Then as far as like the appetizers piece, again, when you go in, have a plan. If you're going to a lot of these and the food, you're like, you know what, this is going to be some catered thing. I don't even think it's going to be good. You could honestly make a decision to just eat dinner beforehand and enjoy the event by just talking to your friends. That's a possibility. You could go into the event and say like, all right, I'm going, to, I'm going to have X number of appetizers or I'm going to, if it's more of like you get a little plate and you have them, I'm going to have one plate. So set some guidelines. The word I use for these is bright lines. Give yourself some bright lines okay. and then think to yourself, how do I want to feel when my head hits the pillow tonight? How do I want to feel? I want to have accomplished the things that I said I was going to do. Now, Another good strategy for managing these things, you know, especially if you're going to a party, um, 
and you know there's going to be a lot of people there who maybe aren't going to be comfortable in the situation or the hostess is going to be busy. One of the things I like to do at parties like this, so I'm not focusing on the food all the time, is think about helping other people. Like, who in this room is going to need me right now? That person looks awkward over in that corner. I'm going to go spend some time talking to that person. Like, oh, the hostess is clearly busy. I'm going to go see if I can give her a hand. And so we can think about things outside of, I don't want to eat too much. I don't want to eat too much. <laughs> I don't want to eat too much. Because how, how much of our thoughts are occupied about that at parties like that? On the other hand, this might be a super special event. The food might be amazing. And what your decision might be is like, tonight, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And I'm just going to eat until I'm satisfied and not stuffed. Nobody likes to feel stuffed, guys. Reminders, have you ever gone somewhere, eaten until you're the point of like stuffed and then been happy, right? You're usually like, I wish I would have stopped like 10 bites sooner. So keep right. that in mind. Yeah, I like that strategy. You're right. Like, think about how you want to feel. Also, uh, let's keep, also, let's be honest here. If you drink, like to me, if I go in on an empty stomach and I have a couple cocktails, they hit me harder and then the wheels come off the bus and I just, you know, strap on a feed bag. Yeah. You know. So There's definitely like- something to be said for if you know you're going to a party in the evening, kind of keep things lighter during the day. But I don't like people to go to an event in the evening, starving, starving. right? Yeah. We don't yeah. want you to save up all of your calories for nighttime because you're going to get there. Wow, you're going to be hungry and you're not going to be in a place to make the most measured decisions. So the earlier part of the day, you could go heavy on the protein and heavy on the vegetables. You don't have to cut out all carbs and fats, but maybe just go a little bit lighter on those right. and save some of that, those extra calories for the evening. Um, having a protein shake before you leave, like right before you leave to kind of get your stomach full, especially at a time if you're not really sure like what's going to be there how much am I even going to like it? And like, do I really want to use my calories on that? You know, have something so that you're feeling satisfied when you walk in the room. Okay. And now, and like, what are some of the foods that we should be looking for if they have them? Like obviously crudite, yeah, um, so, cocktail, that's a good idea. You know, like, yeah, that's a great one. So a couple of things I would say is one, there's no food you have to avoid. Two, if there's something that's super special and you love it, have some, have a moderate okay. portion. But if we're talking like what what are going to be our best choices, yeah, looking for something that involves vegetables or protein. You know, seafood is always, always a great choice. Um, I really think just, for me, it comes back to, I don't know what that weird noise in my throat just made was. And for me, it comes back to looking for what do I really like? Because when we just keep eating, if you go in and you're just like, I'm just going to keep eating all the vegetables and you're hungry and what you really want is that chocolate cake over there, what's likely to happen is you're going to eventually get to the point where you're going to eat all, all the vegetables and eat more chocolate cake later, right? If, if you just like are white knuckling it through the night. So why not have a moderate portion, right? So like, I'm going to have that cake and I'm going to have one piece of it, or I'm going to have, I'm splitting it with my friend. Splitting things is a great idea. Split something with your friend. There's no food I would say to stay away from, but for sure, if you can prioritize finding some vegetables and lean protein, go for it. That, that's always my go-to. What about cheese? Uh, you know, cheese is high in calories. It's not necessarily a bad, it's not, it's not saying you can't have any while the calories rack up fast. If you're going to have cheese, I would say select your portion size and give yourself like, this is the cheese I'm having and I'm walking away from the cheese area. <laughs> right. say, say no to the man walking with the cheese tray after <laughs> X number of pieces of cheese. That can get that can really, you can be hundreds and hundreds of calories in fast with cheese. I love cheese, but yeah, I would say you can have some cheese, keep the amount moderate. Okay. Now 
what about like a sit down meal or, or, you know, like, like a buffet, like, no, let's know, let's go like what ideally your plate should look like. Like you have a dinner plate and if you could make the perfect dinner plate to get us through the holidays, what would you're not talking about on the holiday itself. You're talking about all these extra events. You talk about or whatever. No, I'm talking the holiday too. Like you're making a dinner plate. Like ideally, you know, what should the portion of vegetables look like to the portion of, you know what I'm saying? So so we can on the holiday itself, like I can tell you, I just got a, my daughter is homesick from school today and we're sitting there talking about all the foods we like at Thanksgiving. I like a lot of Thanksgiving foods. If you think about Thanksgiving foods, first of all, a lot of it's just healthy stuff, right? We're talking like it's based around turkey. Like, can you get a leaner protein than turkey, right? It's all the side dishes that come in that could have a ton of calories. That's the best part. <laughs> it's one meal. My main deal with, with my clients on, on Thanksgiving is let's not start celebrating Thanksgiving the second we wake up. Just because it's Thanksgiving doesn't mean you need to have three Pop-Tarts for breakfast. That really switches on that like a day off mentality for people that right. um, there's just no reason for. So have your standard breakfast. If you start, have Thanksgiving not till dinner, have your standard lunch and then enjoy your dinner. Have whatever you like. It might be a wise idea to tell yourself, I'm going to have one plate of food or it might be a good idea to really practice. And this can be a great day for it. What does it feel like to stop when you're satisfied? As far as and I really, as far as the holiday, eat whatever you want, guys. Whatever is your favorites, eat it. On non-holiday days, if we're talking like, how do I navigate all these parties? And we're talking about, I'm not going to count these calories, but I want a good plate set up. Like I want my plate to be able to nourish me and not be overboard with calories. Half a plate of vegetables, whatever kind you want. It can be multiple. You can have a salad and the green beans. You have a half plate of green beans. Have a quarter of a plate of protein, whatever you like. And then use that last quarter of a plate for whatever you want. If you want a dinner roll, if you want some dessert, if you want the mac and cheese. And what you see is like, oh, I'm not really going to have a ton of room on that quarter of plate for all the things, right? I'm like, I, I can't really fit a ton of mac and cheese and a roll and the cake. So if you're trying to be in a deficit, that's a really good structure. It just self-controls the calories without actually counting them. And only one plate. And one plate. Yeah. And one okay. plate. And that alone, honest to goodness, if you didn't even pay attention to the structure I just gave you and you just cut yourself after one plate, you'd probably be in a good place. But that particular structure of half plate of vegetables, quarter of protein, quarter of anything else, that can be a really well calorie controlled meal. Okay. So, okay. Leading into that, how do you navigate a buffet? So the trick with buffets is to not start eating the second you see the buffet, right? How many times do we this? We go up and we just start putting stuff on our plate and eating in the line, or we just go up many, many times. So what I really like to do is have people go up and survey the whole thing let's see what's there. Let's get a good eye on the landscape and then use nutritional compromises, which means what do I want most and what can I do without? Like look and really see. Um, you know, a lot of the times the end of the buffet is where all the expensive stuff is. So go there. <laughs> and yeah, I heard the, that. Is, I heard that. Right. All it's the all like the crab legs and right. the shrimp, right? So go there and look for, the, if you like those things, if you're like, I don't like that stuff, then don't worry. But you know, do you really need the cheesy, buttery potatoes, like a half a plate of it? Or once you had a whole bunch of shrimp and crab legs, maybe you're just like, I don't even want that. Or maybe you'll have a little bit of it. So what I do is survey the whole buffet and then stick to that same plate template, like Mm -hmm. load up a half a plate of veggies, put on a quarter of a plate of the protein, and then pick like, what's the thing that's really calling to you. And sometimes it'll be like one or two things. You'll have a small amount in that last quarter of plate, or sometimes it'll just be like that one thing. And you're like, I really I really um, 
I want this amazing bread or whatever it is. So sticking to that same structure, but the difference really being is survey the landscape first and give yourself a single plate. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I'm, I'm that person and I've got to try because I know I'm doing a buffet for Thanksgiving this year. Um, that I'm the person that goes and takes like a little taste of everything first. And then I yeah. sit down and I taste it and I'm like, okay, that I want more of this. I don't. And yeah. Yeah. I got to like, not do that because I actually <laughs> really wrap. I mean, especially if it's a big buffet, you know, and it, gosh, at our age, we probably know most of what we're going to like, right? Like, do right. I really need to try like every single stuffing? I know like, I'm just not a stuffing girl. It just doesn't do it for me. Why am I going to waste my calories on the stuffing? I'm just not going to, I'm going to go for the sweet potato crunch. I'm going there first. So I'm leaving the stuffing alone. So, you know, we kind of know that, not that we always are hundred percent sure, but we have a pretty good idea of what our stuff is and we can, we can make good decisions. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, I'm nervous. I just, I love <laughs> And again, Lauren, yeah. if it's the holiday itself, honest to goodness, I really think people should just take a deep breath and relax, remind themselves, this is not your only chance to have food. This food is going to be here later. You can have some another day, like take the pressure off of yourself and then eat until you're satisfied and really paying attention to your hunger cues. It's hard to, it's hard to rack up the calories too high. If you're really in tune with those for a lot of people, they haven't practiced that. I know it's something you've practiced because you've been with me for three quarters of a year now. And we talk about it all the time. It's true. And you know, I always think of you when I, I think of, I have this, I say to myself, I am not a garbage can. Exactly right. Right. It's exactly right. That's one of the things I tell people all the time. You're not a garbage can. You don't need to eat it just because it's left over. If on Thanksgiving, your kid has like half a plate of food left and you're clearing the, the, the table, it doesn't mean you have to eat it just because it's there and you're going to waste it. It's just as wasteful for you to eat food when you're not hungry for it as it is for you to throw it away or pop it in the fridge. Yep. It's better to throw it away than throw it in your body. If it's, it's true. Oh, all right. So we got through the buffet. What about desserts? Like how does one handle, especially when there's like multiple desserts and let's say you are a sweet lover. Like I me. am. Yeah, I am. You know, I think it comes back to how do you want to feel? Oftentimes by the time I get to dessert on Thanksgiving, I'm not even hungry. True. I'm not even hungry. So sometimes <clears throat> I just wait. No, look, if you're at somebody else's house, maybe you can't dictate the schedule and be like, we are waiting two hours while we're <laughs> serving desserts. So you need to make a decision. Sometimes the best choice is to say like, hey, can I just take a piece home? Because I'm just not hungry. Like I don't want to feel sick. And so you can ask, can I take a piece home and take the thing that you most want? If you are hungry and it all looks good, you can do the have a little bit of each, just keep it to like a single dessert plate. Like getting yeah. an entire serving of pumpkin pie and then getting an entire serving of the chocolate cream pie and then getting an entire serving of the apple pie, you're probably not going to feel good and you're going to really rack up the calories. But having like a small piece of each on one plate and saying like, this is my dessert, amazing. And again, you're still going to have that food. We all have leftovers, right? So plan the next day, even if you're going back into your deficit, you could fit a slice of apple pie into your, into your yeah. day. You could fit a slice of chocolate pie. So remind yourself, this is not my last chance to eat these desserts. They're going to be in my house again tomorrow, and I'm going to have another piece set. I can just have one right now. That's, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I want to taste, I'm the sliver girl. I'm like, give yeah. me the smallest. I cut things. If I can get away with it, I'll cut like, you know, a tiny piece or I get, or, or get my husband to do it. And then I take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and we're all different that way. And I think right. honoring our own individuality for me, I'm not so much a like, let's have a sliver of everything on Thanksgiving. Cause I 
I make the pies or my mom does and I know which ones I like and I'm just going to have one. It's going to be right. the chocolate cream pie and that's what I'm going to have. And I'm good with that. I don't need to ch- taste the apple pie and the pumpkin pie and this disgusting pie she makes with raisins that my stepfather likes. Oh, <laughs> I don't, like mince meat? Is it, it mince no, meat? No, it's a raisin pie. I don't oh. know. I don't get it. it He's the only one who eats it. He makes it every time she's here. And I'm like, raisin pie? Things that don't go together. Oh my God. <laughs> my mom, I, that's so funny. A few years, well, it was many years Well, with my husband. Somebody in my town was making pies and she bought mince meat. Yeah. And, and put it down. And we all just looked at it. We're like, I mean, with other stuff, of course, the apple pie. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what on God's green earth is that? And like <laughs> nobody, we all, it became like the big joke because nobody touched it. Uh, nobody touched I don't it. know what the British were thinking when they made that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, my, yeah. It's funny because I can walk, I don't care for pumpkin. I don't care for pecan pie, but like put apple pie and anything chocolate. Forgot it. Like, yeah. You know, any, anyway, but I mean, yes, we are coming into Thanksgiving, but then as soon as Thanksgiving's done, we head right into Christmas. Like I've got Christmas yeah. degrees starting immediately and, you know, I'm getting a little nervous. Now I've been eating in a well calorie deficit. I'm going away for Thanksgiving to, um, well, fortunately for me, but unfortunately for, for the way I eat, one of the best cities to eat in. And I'm going to want to eat. Is it? Where are you going? I'm going to New Orleans. So oh, that's, that's right. I knew, yeah. I knew it was somewhere fun. Yeah. And you know, I love food there. The food there is amazing and I haven't been in a while. So I know I'm going to, I listen, if I can get back, you know, just a couple pounds up and then, you know, go back into a calorie deficit fine. But the problem is, is I'm coming back and going right into the holiday, you know, Christmas holiday season. And I think that's one of the things that really trips people up at this time of year. It's like they keep, the things keep coming and that's just where that like throw your hands up and like go all in mentality comes from. And so reminding yourself, look, like even when you're on a vacation, there's still going to be meals. You can keep business as usual. Like the food there is going to be amazing, but not every meal has to be like this amazing New Orleans experience. Like sometimes it can literally be yogurt and a banana and a piece of toast. Oh, right? for real. Oh, for sure. Right. I think and so reminding it. ourselves like, that's cool. Like that was amazing. Like, and I like that too. Like sometimes having your regular lunch. And then when you get back, reminding yourself that just because you're on vacation doesn't mean you don't get to enjoy Christmas food. Because then sometimes we go into this like restrictive punishment mode with ourselves. Like I already had vacation. I'm not having, not having a single Christmas cookie, which often then ends up what? Like 12 days later, we're binging on Christmas cookies. So reminding ourselves like we can still have our holiday favorites. I do like the idea of waiting on baking until later in the season. Uh, my clients What's who that? start baking. What's that? What explain like, what you mean? don't start baking December 1st, right? So just because oh, it's yeah. Christmas, That's a great you don't time. need to start the cookies. And this is something that a change a lot of my clients have made to be successful with the holidays. You don't need to bake from December 1st till December 24th. Like push it back. Now for some people, like my mother-in-law bakes more cookies than I've ever seen in my life. She couldn't start the last week because she wouldn't get it all done. She's a big party. But you can wait till mid-December to start baking. And then, and this is like an actual scientific thing here. I don't know why I can't think of the word I was looking for. That was weird. I hate when my mind goes blank. So this is actual, there's actual research behind this. If you put food in an opaque container in an out of the way spot, you are far less likely to eat it. Okay. What that means is when you make your Christmas cookies, don't leave them in a clear Tupperware in your line of sight in the kitchen. You're going to eat way more. So when you bake opaque container somewhere out of the way, whether that means they're like in the cupboard in the dining room or right. whether you keep them on the top shelf of the pantry that's behind a door that you don't go into very much 
or in the trunk of your car (laughs) or in the trunk of your car, put them somewhere else, put them somewhere so that when you're ready to have them, you go get what your, your plan is to have. But if you sit them there long enough, even if you keep saying to yourself, I'm not having Christmas cookies today, I'm not having Christmas cookies today, you're way more likely to eat the dang Christmas cookies if they're right in your face. So, you know, setting yourself up for success with, with your environment is, is a key um, along with that mental piece. Well, or you could just be like me and acknowledge that you're a bad baker and I just forgo all of it. So (laughs) I got to tell you, I do not find any joy in baking. I find a lot of joy in eating baked goods. I do not like to bake. And so for me personally, it's not, it's not a big deal because I just wait till the couple days before Christmas. I like to eat the fruits of my labor. So we do bake a couple of batches of cookies, but I'm not sitting here every Saturday of December thinking like, what can I bake? I'm I'm more of a cook anyway. I'd rather cook something. You know, I'm not a baker, really. I'm not very good at it. I, I know my weaknesses. So we already discussed the bar situation. So basically, if you're going to drink, like, obviously, stay away from eggnog. That's just tons of calories. And it's... Yeah, you know, or keep it to, like, if you, like, like my dad loved eggnog. I don't get the appeal. Blah. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. But if you're like, I love eggnog, plan that in. Decide yeah. how much you're, of it you're going to have. You know, it could be you're somebody who does better with eggnog, being moderate with it if it's not in your house. Like, so maybe don't bring in your oh, favorite yeah, eggnog no. in a carton. Yeah. I know some people who, who struggle with that, but you know, if you go out, decide, okay, I'm having one glass of eggnog. Um, you know, picking alcoholic beverages that are lower in calories. Right, right. Good way to go. Not the heavy mix-ins with all the calories. Like yeah. really keeping it. Um, Besides all that sugar, really, I find it, it gives me a massive hangover. So it does I, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think your choice is nice and light. Yeah. Um, and then really... Drinking a glass of water between each drink. Water or Diet Coke or yep. any zero calorie beverage in between. It's really the way to go. Um, yeah, yeah I agree. Okay. Um, all right. So now let's get to this. What happens? What do I do if I've gained a few pounds during the holidays? Then what? One thing I would say is let's hold off on even deciding have you gained any weight uh, for a while? And Lauren, you know this. The scale, wow, does it fluctuate wildly? And it's a lot of the things that are going to affect the scale you're going to experiencing around the holidays. So if you increase the amount of carbs you eat, mm-hmm. the scale is going to spike because carbs bring with them extra water. And so if you're all of a sudden, you're a fairly low carb person and now you're bringing in all the holiday goodies, even if you were still in a deficit or at maintenance calories, the scale could be spiking pretty big just for that reason alone. You're going to have extra food in your stomach. So the first thing I would say is not make any decisions, even if you've gained weight, Give it till the second week in January, guys. Get back to regularly scheduled programming. January 1st, you know, comes around. Everybody's ready to, to like freak out. <laughs> Don't yeah. freak out. Join the gyms because all those yeah. ads are all over right? the place. Right. And cool. Like that burst of motivation can be amazing. And I say, let's use it. I'm definitely not an anti-New Year's resolutioner. Let's use it. But we don't need to come from a place of panic of like, oh my gosh, I just gained seven pounds. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. So what I would say is, get back to what your regularly scheduled programming was as far as diet and exercise. Or if you don't have one, let's get you on something that's moderate. This is not the time. You don't need to do a juice cleanse. You don't need to do something crazy because you feel like you gained weight. You might not have even gained very much. So then I would say do that for two weeks and then watch what the scale is doing every day and see what happens. A lot of that's probably going to go away really fast. Like you've seen that after trips, right? You can just go away really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And then if you are up a few pounds, then you can start working on that. Really, the main thing is don't jump into January thinking like it's panic time. I got to get this weight off right now. The shortcut really is the long game, guys. 
there's there's not a shortcut I can give you that's going to work really well. It's just going to, if you do a shortcut, it's going to set you up for another rebound. So you make this January the time that you come back and you do things like, hey, I'm going to eat 25 grams of fiber every day. I'm eating vegetables at most meal. I'm eating protein at every meal. I'm going to start paying attention to my hunger cues. Maybe I didn't do so great over the holidays with that. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to start walking every day. I'm going to walk 7,500 to 10,000 steps every day. All those things I just listed, if you're like, I don't do any of those things, you don't have to do all of them. And I would suggest you don't start doing all of them January 1st. Don't be a warrior. Maximum two. One maximum two of those things and really focus on doing that. And once they start feeling easy, add in another one. Like, let's have this be the year that you make habits that stick versus jumping into just another crazy weight loss scheme that's going to die out before the third week of January. Well, yeah, that's what the diet industry is hoping for. So, um, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I'm starting to get the crazy emails already. I sent you one of them. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, I got yes. that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was nuts. Um, and I also, though, I think what you're saying, just to recap, is that you need to kind of get into your own head, be kinder to yourself, be okay with, you know, eating, don't, like, don't be so rigid. It's the holidays and just like be okay with it. And I know people, and I know this from being in your course and um, myself included when I started, you know, being a slave to the scale and freaking out if it's up, you know, but as I've learned, the slightest thing can mess with the scale. So I just don't freak out about it anymore. Yeah. And if people are listening and they're like, I can't even imagine not freaking out about the scale yet. Maybe December is not the time to practice that. Yeah, not the good, not the right month, right, right, right. right. And because Lauren, you know, it takes practice. You've had to practice. You've seen other women. I've had to really coach people through. How do we get to a place where we can be like moderate, moderate our emotions around the scale? Maybe December is not the time for you. So if you're a person and the scale really freaks you out, I'd say look, put that scale away till like the end of January. Like, don't even look at it until the end of January. And when I say put the scale away, that doesn't mean like it's a free for all time, right? And we don't care about our weight because we're, uh, we don't look at the scale because then you're going to be not happy when you do see it again in January. But if you have not practiced, how do I get on the scale and be okay with just whatever the number says? How do I get on the scale and use it as a tool um, to help me and not a tool to beat myself up with? Maybe putting the scale away for a month or two right now is a good idea. And coming back to that at a time where things aren't so all over the place and hectic and you're not eating more than usual. Yeah, it's it's a delicate balance. Like, you know, I'm not at war with the scale anymore, and I find that it doesn't define my day, but I just like it, to me, it's like a bit of accountability, and just, yeah, you know, it's, and look, a habit. There, it's a habit. There is scientific evidence to back that up, Lauren, that people who weigh themselves daily um, can better maintain their weight and can better lose weight, okay? So if you're weighing yourself daily, there is scientific evidence around that. If you can actually use it in an appropriate way. If you're not using it in an appropriate way, wow, it can really hamper someone's ability to lose weight because they interpret it wrong. And I'm sure you've seen this again in the course. There are people who they'll message me and they'll be like, well, the scale, the scale was up like 0.8 ounces uh, this week or this today. Like I measured on Saturday, it was at 0.8 on Monday. I can't believe it's up so much. And I was like, first of all, I'm like, that's not even a lot. I I saw that. And I was like, you could have just had more salt in your food. You You might have to poop. Like 0.8 ounces, that's nothing. That's not a lot. I was like, you're complaining about 0.8 ounces. I'm like, if it's up eight pounds, then you got a problem. Right? And here's the thing, like that was very sincere upset on her part. And it's normal. Like what she was expressing, like, yeah, it's it not an abnormal it feeling. It's just because people have not understood how to use the scale. So knowing it is going to fluctuate, even if you are perfectly in your calorie deficit, going up one pound, two pounds for lots of reason, 
can happen. It happens a lot. Um, I can't remember what I started to say about this. My whole point is you need to practice these skills. Um, it can, I do, I am a person who prefers uh, for people to learn how to be moderate with the, the scale and use it as a tool. But if they can't, my preference is they just don't use it. What is a terrible idea is using it every so often and having no, no understanding of how to use it. You know, right. it's like you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be wielding a tool you don't know how to use properly. It'd be like me handing you a machete and being like, go outside and like, cut me down some stuff, some vegetables in the garden for dinner. And you've never touched a machete. Like that's not safe, right? You should not be using the scale if you don't know how to use it appropriately. And likely if you haven't been taught how to use it appropriately, you don't know how to use it appropriately. I I realized I was not taught how to use it properly. Yeah. Most people aren't. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, I had parents that weighed themselves constantly and it was like ridiculous. So I, I got scared, you know, I, I just stayed away and now, now I'm at, I'm at a pretty healthy place, but it took a little while to get there. So this has been great. So let's recap here. So basically, be kind to yourself. And even if you do kind of screw up, it's okay, because you just don't don't fall down that rabbit hole like, okay, I've messed up, so screw it. I'm just going to chow down the rest of the holidays. Yeah. It's okay. My opinion about all this like messing up stuff is, guys, you can't really mess up. You made right. a choice, and maybe it was super productive, and maybe it wasn't. But your, your alternatives are to decide that you've screwed up, or to decide you're just moving on and you're going to learn something from that. And maybe yeah, what you learn is like, hey, when I drink that much, I eat a crap ton of food that comes along with it. Like, I should work on that, right? There's, right. there's right. just no reason to take everything we do that doesn't feel like, wow, that wasn't exactly what I wanted as a failure. It's just some information. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then you also, you know, try to eat the vegetables and the protein if you can. I mean, I'm saying like, if you're just trying to keep it together, mm-hmm. you know, yep. obviously good, you're trying to keep it together. Half plate of vegetables, quarter plate of protein, quarter plate of anything else is just, it's my go-to plate structure. And then one glass of non-calorie drink between alcoholic drinks. Yep. Start with one and between every single one and go in with a number in your mind. Like are you having two drinks? Are you having three drinks? Are you have one drink? Go in with a number in your <laughs> if mind. you're having six drinks. This is probably not the, That's not the right number. <laughs> <laughs> six is wrong. <laughs> I don't think I've ever walked into a party saying I'm going to have six drinks. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, probably when it got asked back. Okay. <laughs> so we're just, you know, just trying to do the best that we can here. So I really thank you for this. This has been helpful. And I know so many women are, we're waiting for this. So Kim, when are you doing your next menopause weight loss course? It is going to come out again in January. And actually, I am rebranding and I'm giving it a different name specifically. It's so interesting. My course oh. is really meant for women in perimenopause and menopause. And most women in early perimenopause have zero idea that they're in, in perimenopause. And so they're not self-identifying as like, hey, this would be useful for me. Really, my course is for anyone over 40. And so I'm rebranding the menopause weight loss course. It's now going to be called Fitter After 40. Oh, I like so that. Look, okay, so yeah, fitter so after 40 start, but it's still the same, 40. It's the same course. It's the right? exact same course. The content of the course isn't changing. It's just really because I realized so many people were like, I didn't know that was for me. And it is. If you're looking to get in the best shape of your life, improve your relationship with food, improve your relationship with the scale and get to a point where you're not like panicking when the holidays come around, this course is for you. You know what I, what I found? I found it so freeing because as I can sniff out the BS now, like now yeah. it's like, 
if it looks too good to be true and sounds too good to be true, you just, it is. So don't Isn't that so great? And it like is. three points of view, you didn't know that. Like everything you're like, is that true or is that true? Like that's totally separate stuff. They're saying the opposite things, but they both sound so true. I know you have a really good meter for that. So amazing. That makes me feel super successful, Lauren, because that's what I want. Like I want women to be able to evaluate claims on social media and wherever and say like, that may, that is scientifically evidence-based or that doesn't make any sense. Me too. Cause I'm telling you, it's coming at us in every different direction. It yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, I sent you a press release I got that was just chock full of misinformation. Yeah. And it, it, it was mind boggling to me. And, you know, I yeah. might not have caught that before, you know, so that's well, great. So um, that it, it was great. So if you want to get more information on Kim's fit, Bit after 40? Bitter after 40. Bitter after 40. Sorry. Bitter after 40. Didn't yeah, even if you go to my website, it's still the same menopause weight loss course because I haven't fixed it up yet. But Okay, so yeah, that's Kim Schlag Fitness, and that is uh, K-I-M-S-C-H-L-A-G, excuse me, fitness.com. Mm-hmm. You can also follow Kim on Instagram at Kim Schlag Fitness. And uh, yeah. That, yeah. I think we're going to, do you have anything else to add before we wrap no, up? No, you can find me all the places at Kim Schlag Fitness, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, you can find me on my podcast, Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm all over. You are, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. <laughs> um, thank you so much. We're going to, we are going to wrap it up then. And, uh, you know, this is, this has been great. I'm, I, this is, I, 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 me. I was telling, I was telling Kim that I had missed I sent my initial email with the questions I wanted to ask. So she was prepared to the wrong Kim. <laughs> and then the, she emailed me back, thank God. And she goes, um, I just want to let you know that um, you might want to know that you sent this to the wrong Kim, just in case you were wondering why she didn't respond. And also, when is, when is this, air, this podcast airing? Because um, I need to, need to listen to it. <laughs> it's a hot topic for sure. It really it is. is. It is. I think we all, we all get a little scared, you know? Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, we've had a lot of years, the women listening to this, I'm sure I've had a lot of years of crash dieting and constantly trying to manipulate our weight and a lot of yep. holiday seasons where we just get to the end of it and we're like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I eight pounds up again? It's a haste. But as you've said, there are, there's no, no secret tricks and tips and get the weight off fast things. I mean, you've got to do the work. Yeah, um, but it but it can come off, and it's you know it's doable. I've done it, and uh, you know just just yes, you eat. have. But you got to get like in your own mind. You just have to be kinder to yourself and not beat yourself up. Turn that girl voice off and just get through the holidays in one piece. All right, well, happy holidays to everyone. Whatever you're celebrating, happy Thanksgiving, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. <laughs> yep, the whole nine yards. Okay, whatever thanks. you're celebrating. Okay. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountain30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Take care, everyone, and stay safe and just get through the holidays in one piece. That's all you can do. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.